Hello from Clio Cloud Conference 2016 in Chicago, Illinois. I'm Lawrence Galetti. I'm Angela Gron. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. And we're back. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, Andrew. Uh, I want to talk about your presentation today, uh, which was titled, and actually I don't even know, what was it called? Supercharge Your Practice with Clio and Zapier. Oh, that sounds very interesting and a huge time saver. But before we get into it, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Where do you work? What do you do? Sure. I'm an attorney in New Orleans, Louisiana. I help small business owners start and create successful companies. Uh, I've been using Clio since early 2012 and Zapier since late 2012. So used it a long time and that all that experience kind of culminated in me coming here today and sharing some of that experience and uh, how I use that to supercharge my practice. Okay, so I'm going to start from the very beginning. So a little back, uh, a little backdrop here. So Andrew was on a new solo. Uh, it wasn't. I guess it was a while ago now. Year and a half. Yeah, I don't remember. It was a good bit ago. It was one one of my favorite ones, and we talked about automation within the law firm, like how to basically farm out repetitive tasks. And I thought, what a great, uh, maybe, I, maybe I was just ready to listen, but I took the messaging to heart. And when I saw you here, I wanted to bring you on and talk about it. So I think we should start from the very beginning about automation, these tasks, like how this stuff works. You say zap, or you say if then, or if this, then that. What, what are we referring to? Yeah, so I guess uh, automation in the, what's cool about this conference is that it's all Clio, right? So I was able to talk very specifically about automation and how I use Clio. I, and Clio animate, integrates with a piece of software called Zapier. Uh, you mentioned if this, then that. Uh, it's kind of a, I don't know if I'd call them competitors. They're similar pieces of software. Uh, if then seems to be going more to like the home automation world. So if you want to like turn on your lights when you get within a mile of your house and you're driving home, you might look to see what they have. Zapier seems to be more on, uh, we integrate with apps that do business processes. Uh, so they seem to start out as competitors, but as they both mature, they definitely both seem to be finding their own little niche. Uh, so I focus more on Zapier just because you know, we're all here today, a lot of us are solos in small firms and running businesses, uh, and a lot of us are using a lot of different apps to do that. Uh, so the whole talk was, hey, how do we use Zapier to kind of eliminate some of the small mundane tasks that you do on a day-to-day -day basis and make them simple and easy and just get them done rather than having to worry about actually doing them. So a little bit about Zapier. So uh, after listening to that podcast, I got in, Doug, and I started my own personal account. It's spelled Z-A-P-I-E-R. And I'm not trying to give an ad for Zapier, but it has made my life a lot easier. So, so basically, if you use software on your computer, you can tell Zapier, you don't have to be a programmer. It's pretty easy instructions. And what Zapier does is it gets into the different programs and their features and causes them to work together. So when something happens that you want to happen, it triggers off a series of events automatically. So let's, I don't know, Andrew, you're the expert in this. Let's give like a really simple example to explain this. Yeah, so Zapier is, what you do in Zapier is you create these things that they call zaps. Okay. So as you said, a zap consists of one trigger. So when this thing happens, whatever that trigger might be, then perform an action. Uh, and the way Zapier works is that developers from different apps can integrate their platform with Zapier. So the developers at Clio integrated into Zapier. The developers at Twitter integrate to Zapier. Now, multiply that by about 250 times. You know, there's over 500 different apps that integrate with it. Uh, and so what happens there is these developers integrate it, which means that all these different apps can now talk to each other. Uh, they use this technology called API, which is probably, it's honestly way more complicated than I know, but all I know is that an API enables 
apps to talk. Uh, so they developed these APIs that integrate with Zapier, and now once they're in there, Zapier is kind of the central hub, and they're all kind of, it's almost like a spoke and wheel, right? There's a central hub where Zapier is, and all the apps are the spokes. So you can go down one spoke, and once you're in the central hub, you can go down any other spoke to connect with that app. And what this means for lawyers out there is that there's going to be a program out there that does work for you. So basically automating repetitive tasks in the software packages that you use so you don't have to do it. You don't have to pay someone to do it. So it saves you money, saves you time, it also helps you be more accurate. So I think we probably need an example because it was definitely something that took me a little while to wrap my mind around. And I was using it not for law, I was using it for podcasting, but same kind of basic philosophy. So. Andrew, maybe share some of the tasks that you automate and kind of how that works. Yeah, I guess let me try to think of some of my more mundane ones. Right, we're here at Clio Conference, so maybe I'll give them a little pat on the back and reference one that I think is popular here. Uh, so Clio is, if you're not a Clio user, it's a practice management app. And what happens is you go into Clio and you create a matter. Right? You create a space to save your tasks and time and bill and that sort of thing. Um, and something Clio is not good at, sorry Clio, is keeping track of email. Uh, so I use Google Apps for work for my email. And so when I create a new Clio matter, I wanted a way of keeping track of all those emails. Right, I get emails from my client. I get emails from other attorneys. I might get emails from other people that are involved in this, in this matter. So I wanted a way of creating a label. So when I first started, I was you know, manually creating. I would go create a matter in Clio, and then I would get an email from you know, Lawrence. He'd be my client. You'd email me. I'd go into Gmail and create a label. Uh, and it got hard because I had her say, OK, well, what did I call it in Clio? And now i got to remember to call it the same thing in, in Gmail. And sometimes it wouldn't be the same thing. It'd be called A in Clio, and it'd be called XYZ in, in Gmail. And it was really confusing. So what Zapier is allowed me to do is say, OK, when there's a new matter created in Clio, go into Gmail. Gmail and create a label with the same name for that matter that I'm using in Clio. So now I don't have to create that label. Not only do I not have to do the actual work of creating the label anymore, but there's consistency as far as naming goes from Clio to Gmail. So it's really easy for me to say, okay, in Clio, here's what it's called. In Gmail, this is what it's called. And now I have this label where I can stick all my emails and see all my things. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. It's great. See, it saves you time and it helps you be more accurate. So I want to share one that I did I'm kind of proud of. And so this is a, a part of a program I call Podcast Bot. So automating these repetitive tasks. And some of my coworkers laugh at me when I call it. I had to name it. And I even put like little face icons on it when we share different aspects of it. But part of its job is to give us notifications and keep us in coordination. We have a team that works on different aspects of our production process. And so... Anyway, the, the difficulty was staying in communication when we can't actively be in communication, whether we're recording or we're you know, concentrating on different tasks. We can't always be you know, on the phone together. So this kind of takes care of that. So one of the problems, and I think I like to start with the problem part, I would be in a recording and I would be getting invites for a sound check or I'd be getting invites for another recording. And the person that was, that's running the calendar, he would go ahead and uh, you know schedule those, but oftentimes it would be a conflict. And so, like, cause I'd be getting an email that he wouldn't see and he's trying to schedule something. And so what I did is I got into Zapier and I said, hey, anytime I get an invite, like a calendar invite, my Google calendar invite, can you please kick something back to our Basecamp calendar, which is a different calendar. And then that way, um, you know, the person that is uh, booking, you know, is going to book the calendar. They don't have to worry about. It. There's a little block in the way, so they know. Oh, I can't. I can't book anything there. They know they can communicate back with the person. So it kept us from scheduling over each other, and that was an automated thing. I don't even have to think about it, and it keeps us accurate. It keeps us working together, even when we can't directly talk with one another. So um, maybe another example from you. Maybe 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 the best way to start is with the problem that you're trying to solve. 
well, that's kind of a good point. And let me like almost step back from the 30,000 point view is, you know, I'm talking about Clio and Gmail. You're talking about scheduling and calendars. And I think something that's important to recognize, which we both did in our examples, we didn't expressly mention it, is that we recognize the pain points we were having. And we recognize that, oh my gosh, this is annoying me. Right. We both did the same thing with our problem and then realized that Zapier, okay, maybe there's a solution here. And, and I'm sure you realize this too, is that it took a little bit of tinkering to go into Zapier and you have to say, okay, well, I'm using this app and let me click around here and kind of experiment. Right. So it's not really like uh, you plug it in and it solves all your problems. Oh, yeah. You know, there's some... You don't have to do any coding, or, you know. It kind of makes coding really easy, basically, is what it does. But what's I think what's important is we both mentioned this: is identify pain points first, and then try to see build the solution to that with Zapier's kind of really fun to use and and intuitive uh, interface. Yeah, and right? so for us, like the problem was Jabari and I. Jabari runs our calendar. He's a, he's a, he's a in charge of booking our studio amongst many other tasks. Legal Talk Network. We were having a communication issue, and so. Uh, Jabari now gets a notification from PodcastBot, I can't schedule here. So that keeps us in coordination. So that's the pain point you're talking about. That's the example of the pain point, and Zapier provides a multitude of solutions to get through that. Yeah, and they provide, really what they do is provide a platform, like a, a sandbox almost, if you will, for you to build your own solutions to your problems. So I think that's what's important here is don't be like, oh, Andrew mentioned this app, and Lawrence mentioned this, and I gotta go do these things. It's really like, just realize how powerful this, this application is and kind of try to mark down your pain points and then get in there and get your hands dirty a little bit to kind of like figure out what your problems are and then see if you can solve them. So I think I think that's important is that it's not a magic it's not a magic key that's going to solve anything. What it is is a, it's a great tool in your toolbox to help you solve the specific problems that you're having. Right. So let's give another example of a pain point common to attorneys and how Zapier might might be able to solve it. So another good example is uh, I use LawPay, for instance, to take credit cards. And every now and then I have in my engagement letters that I can recharge my clients if they're paying by credit card. That's part of our agreement. You pay by credit card, okay. Um, I have the right to recharge your credit card for your bill. Most clients agree to that. Well, what happens is I go to charge someone's credit card and it fails, right? Somebody lost their credit card, the number was canceled. It happens all the time. It's a pretty typical thing. So what I'm able to do in Zapier is connect it to LawPay and have Zapier listen. And when LawPay runs a transaction, it hits Zapier with all the data from the transaction. No credit card numbers, so that's all stays in, in LawPay. But there's one field that LawPay sends over that's the status of the transaction. And it's usually authorized or failed. So when it's authorized, I don't really care. Don't do anything else. But I can say, hey, Zapier, listen to this data that you're getting from LawPay. And when it says failed, okay, now go generate an email to the client that looks nice, that's from my email address, and it's not sending the email, it's actually creating a draft of the email. So, hey Lawrence, it's Andrew, I tried to bill your account today, I tried to use the credit card ending in 1234, I was trying to charge the amount of $530.36, that's due on invoice 92, look, we understand that this charge failed, click this link here to go and pay with a new card. And it's just a draft email, but it's saving me all the time of typing that information each time, so I can go back and just look at that draft, make sure it's good, and then send it out if the email looks good. So listeners, you've heard a little bit, if you're interested in this, you've heard a little bit about how these pain points can be turned into automated processes. And I think the next question I would have as someone listening to this podcast is, what do I, what do I have to invest to, to solve this problem? And I think the answer to that, and correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew, is that it doesn't take a lot. You're making a small investment of time to solve a problem, a repetitive problem over and over again. 
Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to say how much time I really save. Uh, you know, there's a few zaps that I think maybe saved me, you know, might have taken me a few hours to set up, and they maybe save me 15 or 20 hours uh, each month. You know, so it, it's uh, sometimes it's a long-term play in terms of getting that time invested in, in solving that problem to pay off. Uh, but what's great is that it's, it enables me to do more stuff. It enables me to do more things. So I mentioned creating that Gmail label when I create a matter. Well, I also want to create a space in Evernote to save my notes, so I create a notebook. And I need a way to manage my tasks. Uh, you mentioned that you use Todoist. I use Asana for my tasks. So I create a project in Asana for the matter that I just opened for that client where I can put all the to-dos that go along with that specific project. So it, it's cool in that it's, it grows. You know, it, It's so easy to go in there and create something small and then say, oh, and I want to do this. And you can add on extra actions and really get to the point where maybe in the beginning you just solved a very, very small, easy problem, but it's, it grows and it can be something more where you're actually doing things before that you just didn't even do. What are some of the other automation tools that you use in your practice besides Zapier? I mean, I know Zapier's a great one, but what are some of the other ones that you like to, like to dabble into? Well, I think last time we talked about the form tool a lot. Uh, I'm a transactional attorney, so I'm doing a lot of contracts, uh, but, but frankly, it would work in, in litigation as well. Uh, really, any practice area, it's reasonably priced, uh, very, very powerful. It's based on the PC. I think you might have to go listen to that podcast we did a few months ago. Uh, I was on a new solo with Adriana Linares, uh, where we went kind of on a deep dive on that one, right? Uh, and Lawrence, weren't we talking about a problem you had just now setting up this podcast? <laughs> yeah, actually, we were. You were giving me some advice, and so uh, you know, I, I think it was. Uh, and I forget what you. I, I forget what you. Uh, the name of it. What was it called? Yeah, keyboard maestro was okay. the one. You had this problem, right, where you're saying, "Oh, to set up this podcast, I have to." click through these different things right, and it's kind of repetitive to set up the session to get it ready and it's like oh there's this app called keyboard maestro where you can you know hit a shortcut or there's some sort of trigger so this is the cue for the audio engineer to listen to so go ahead go ahead andrew yeah so uh keyboard maestro you know you hit a, a shortcut and it executes a series of keystrokes or it does some mouse movements or it does something uh that's repetitive uh, over time um I don't use it too much. I've used it a few times on some really specific things, but you know, it's, it's a Mac program that basically automates different keystrokes for you. Okay, so Adam Lockwood is our uh, audio engineer. So Adam, you heard it from Andrew Legrand about uh, how to make your life a lot easier, and mine too, because we have to record from time to time. So uh, Andrew, thank you so much for uh, you know giving us this great information. I know I, I wanted to start with you know really simple explanation, but I think we got there. I think that I think that's the key element in the automation process, and correct me if I'm wrong, is to identify repetitive tasks and pain points before you can deploy this, uh, this, this list of tools. So quick, just real quick, we've, we've mentioned Zapier, we've mentioned If This, Then That, and the, what was it? The Form Tools the form one. Tools. It's a similar to a Hot Docs. Okay. Uh, people might know that one, they might be more familiar with that name. A um, keyboard maestro. Keyboard maestro yeah, I'm is big one into for these Mac. instant takeaways. So keyboard maestro, what are some other, are a couple more? Or? I think Hazel is a good one for managing uh, tools on your, uh, or managing files on your desktop. I think there's a Hazel equivalent for Windows. I forget what it's called, File Explorer maybe. You might have to, just Hazel for Windows. I'm sure we'll find it in a quick Google search. Uh, and then Text Expander is also a cool one, which gets more into like text automation. But Text Expander is, I type a snippet of text and it expands into an entire sentence or paragraph or phrase. You know, so if Lawrence is sending a lot of emails for hey, can I schedule a, a, a con I'm going to this conference, I'm going to contact all the speakers and ask them to schedule a, a time to meet with me. 
that could be a text expander where email Andrew. Okay, here it is. You know, so text expander is a cool one on uh, Mac, PC, all over that automates typing of text. Great, that's great. Well, I have one last question for you, Andrew, before I let you go. If our listeners want to follow up, ask more questions, get a little bit deeper dive on this, how can they reach you? Yeah, Twitter is probably the best way to find me. It's at law by Legrand, L-E-G-R-A-N-D. Uh, or come find me on my website, al at spera, law, S as in Sam, P as in Paul, E-R-A, law.com. Excellent. Well, we've reached the end of the road for today's episode, but I obviously want to thank Andrew again for joining us and also our listeners for tuning in. And if you like what you heard today, please rate us in iTunes. See you next time for another edition of On the Road, Legal Talk Network. All right. Thanks, Ed. That was good. Yeah, yeah. thanks, man. Yeah, what do you think? We get it? We hit the waterfront? Yeah, I think so. That was cool. I we went back and forth on the different... Yeah, I think that was useful. It's not just me, but you being like... And I've done this whole other, like, totally different app, different, like... If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank <laughs> you.